this time we're going to have a first kid come and give her fiery five. And so at this time, I'm going to ask Annalise to come up here. You want up here or do you want to be right here? Yeah, uh-huh. I got you. You, want to, you can stay right here. Or you want to be? Okay. And so Sister Annalise is going to give a fiery five. You want me to hold the mic for you? Y'all, this stand lowers. Did you know that? What? I broke the mic. How's that? Is that good? My fairy prize is about the song Bleed the Same. We are beautiful when we come together. We shouldn't judge others by their clothes they wear or the color of the skin. Are we white, are we black, aren't we all the same inside? One day, I was playing with my friends and the kids in my neighborhood, and we got into a fight like we always do. And then it hit me, not a ball, that we're all, all the same inside, and if we're gonna shout, love should be the cry. We shouldn't, we shouldn't fight against, we shouldn't fight for each other. We shouldn't, <laughs> we should fight, we should fight for each other, not against each other. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40 says, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt, thou shalt, Thou shalt love the Lord thy the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first great commandment, and the second one is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What it's saying there is you should love the Lord and you should love the people you're around. And it's also saying we should all love each other like Jesus told us to. We are all more beautiful when we come together. Give it up for Anna Lee. That was awesome. She stole my message. You guys can go home. That was great. Great job, Anna Lee. I know that she's been planning and preparing for that for a whole month. And so I'm so glad that she was able to come up here and do that. She wasn't too nervous. She did great. Guys, we got to invest in our young people. We have to, because if not, then where will we be? in a few years. So again, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. It doesn't go unnoticed, everybody that supports Awaken. We really do appreciate each and every one of you that come out and support the young people. They get up here. They don't get up here to play church. 
They get up here after much prayer, consideration, fasting, and they worship the Lord. And they really appreciate those who come out and support them. And um, I want to thank you all for doing that for them. And then also for our first kids. We have a great group of first kids. And uh, we're going to start seeing more of that. And I'm excited. Before, before I get into my message, um, my heart has been heavy today and yesterday. I want to be careful, but um, I do want to have special prayer. If you guys don't care to have special prayer with me tonight for uh, those families in Texas that are, um, that are going through a hard time right now. Uh, I don't think hard time, I'm sorry, hard time doesn't cover it, are going through the unimaginable. And... Um, just from a teacher's point of view, I couldn't imagine. Um, and I'm not a parent. I don't know what that loss feels like. Um, but I know that it is a loss, and it's a great pain. And so if you guys will help me pray for that school in Texas, the name escapes me right now. Um, that's terrible. I should have wrote it down. starts with an R. Um, but if you can pray for that school, that community. And also, what was it? Oh, I thought somebody yelled it at me. Um, and also, uh, this is an unpopular opinion. Pray for the shooter's family as well. Uh, because they are also going through a great loss. They are also going through the unimaginable. They also lost a child. He was a child. So um, please uh, be in prayer for that as well. If you guys don't care to stand and help me pray about that specifically. And then if you'll help me pray for tonight's service. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to step into your house and to fill your presence, Lord. I pray that you touch those families that are going through the unimaginable tonight, Lord. Bring peace, Lord, into their homes, Lord. Bring peace into their hearts and their minds, God. Lord, I pray that you help them to deal with what is undealable, Lord. And I thank you in advance, Lord, for what you have tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you anoint me, Lord. Don't let your word return void, God, but let each one of us be open, willing, and receptive of what you have for us tonight. I thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you all so much. Uh, My message tonight is the viewpoint of an atheist. (laughs) That's my title. An atheist is defined as a person who disbelieves or lacks belief in the existence of God or gods. An atheist don't believe in nothing. Penn Gillette is an American illusionist. He's a comedian, if you like that kind of comedy. He's a musician, and he's a best-selling author known for his work with fellow magician teller in the team Penn and Teller. He is also also a well-known atheist. A few years ago, he released a very short video discussing something that happened at one of his shows. And you can actually go on YouTube and you can watch this video that he released. It's it's called uh, Receiving a Bible. And he said that after a show, there was a well-dressed man waiting for him. And he had been at the previous show and had come back specifically to speak to Penn. So Penn walks over and they begin having a polite conversation. And the man went on about how funny the show was and how he enjoyed it, except for the colorful language. And when Penn retells his story, he says over and over again, he makes a point to say how polite and complimentary, should have practiced that word, the man is. After talking for a few minutes, the man hands this well-known atheist a Bible and says, I wanted to give this to you. Penn recounts that the man stated he wasn't crazy, he was a businessman, he was sane, but that he just wanted to give him this gift. 
And inside the Bible at the front was a short message and several phone numbers where Penn could call this man and reach out. In the video, Penn says how sincere this man was, how his sincerity and overall politeness was what stuck out, how the man was making eye contact and truly was complimentary. I wrote it twice and I'm still in practice. Nothing felt fake. He said the experience overall was wonderful. Then he goes on to say that he respected the man for sharing the Bible with him. And then Penn, he's telling this whole story. And then after that, he says this. He says, what he doesn't respect is how true believers in Christ, believers in heaven and hell that are real places, and they don't share the word with anybody. He asks, how much do you have to hate someone to not share Christ with everyone, including atheists? And then he uses an analogy about a truck. He said, this truck is coming right for you, and I see it coming right for you. And I'm saying, there's a truck. And you're standing there like, there's no truck. But you all along can see the truck. At some point, you're going to tackle the person. You got to get them out of the way of the truck, right? And that heaven and hell is more important than that. You have to be willing, if you think it's important to knock somebody out of the way, for a truck, how much more is it important to tell them about a real heaven and a real hell? He said by sharing the Bible, by sharing a Bible with him, he showed how much he cared about Penn, a man that he had never met, a well-known atheist. And he said his kindness was important. Now, this video brought up several points. Brought up the point that he believes that this man is sincere in what he believes. And sincere means free from pretense or deceit. Proceeding from a genuine feeling. Saying what they genuinely feel or believe. Not dishonest or hypocritical. Are we really sincere in what we believe? How many times do we just casually mention we believe in Jesus or that we're a Christian? People of the world have no problem letting everybody know what they think is right and what they think is wrong. Just read Facebook. Read Facebook, read Reddit, read YouTube, or don't if you want to stay sane. Really. But nobody has any problem sharing views about everything. I made a post the other day about I was talking with someone and I said, that's a very pretty blue sky. And they argued what color the sky was. Bro, it's blue. Okay, stop. Why are you are that people will put their opinions about right or wrong? It doesn't I mean you could clearly say I have a toe and they're like, "No, I think that's a finger growing out of your foot." Somebody's going to argue with you. But Penn states in this video that if you believe something sincerely enough, then you by all means should be living like it's like it and telling people about it. Think about that example about the truck. If you saw a truck bearing down on someone, and even though they believed they were in no harm, they didn't believe there was a truck at all, you would do everything in your power to save them. It would be your duty and your responsibility to notify them and to tell them at all costs. Like, it may hurt tackling somebody, but I'd rather have a hurt back for a few days than a dead person in front of a truck that I saw happen. Sometimes you're going to skin your knees helping somebody, and that's okay. I'd rather have a skinned knee and see you in heaven than be burning. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> the man did not force his beliefs on him. Instead, he is showing Christ-like qualities by being polite and professional. 
It's hard to get anywhere beating somebody with the Bible, guys. It's not going to happen. We have to show the world that true Christianity, true Christians are not the so-called ones shown in the media. We are here to bring light into a dark world. That's what we're called to do. And it's time for some of us to start getting heart sick about this world and the people in it. We have got to start looking at people like he does. We have to. When we drive down the street and we see somebody so messed up, that should hurt us. We shouldn't make fun of them. We shouldn't be like, oh, he, got, he had a good time last night. We shouldn't laugh and we shouldn't joke. We should be genuinely heart sick that they're going through something when we know somebody who can take care of that. We can bring them in here and God can just take care of it like that. But some of us are so hardened. Some of us heard about what happened yesterday and it was, oh, just another school shooting. No, we should be grieved by what happened yesterday. What would have happened if that young man would have saw a glimmer of hope somewhere? There'd be 18 babies at home today. But there's not because some of us are not us specifically. You understand what I'm saying? Some of us are so hardened that we don't care when we see people struggling. We have got to change our viewpoint about that. This man did not immediately start condemning Penn for his beliefs or his lack of. We first had to become friends with someone. This guy thanked him for his show and paid him several compliments. If someone becomes your friend, they are a lot more likely to listen to you. People of this world are looking for something to belong to. They are looking for a family. They are looking for some people that will be there for them and they can show them the way. Sometimes all you have to do is just show up for people. They are just looking for something. It's not hard to smile at people. It's not hard. My part-time job is all about smiling at folk and making coffee, but I don't really care about that part. <laughs> I like being in the window because I can see people and I get to smile. And this is not a brag on myself, but so many are like, I like your smile. You've lifted up my day. And that's what it's all about. Just smile at somebody. When you're walking through Walmart, Lord, it's hard. I get it. But you have no idea what smiling at somebody will do for their whole day. Smile at a cashier who just had a deal with somebody that was not very nice. Smile at somebody who's not sure how they're going to pay for the meal that they need to pay for. And they're struggling and in their mind they're thinking, Lord, please provide enough so that I can have this meal. And on their face they might be looking a little angry. You don't know what they're thinking at Walmart. Smile at them. Be the Jesus. Here's, here's my question is, when you walk through Walmart, when you walk through the public, if you were to approach you, would you respond? Does that make sense? If you were to walk up to somebody and said, hey, Jesus loves you, and you say it like this, Jesus loves you. Would you respond to that? Or if I walked up and I'm like, guess what? Jesus loves you. Well, you might call the police, probably find a middle ground. But would you be someone that you would respond to in public? We cannot condemn people. We can't walk up to somebody that's hurting and be like, hey, I know you're hurting. Let me kick you while you're down. Jesus loves you. You you know what they're going to say? I don't care about this Jesus that you know. You just kicked me when I'm down. People are hurting. We have to be be receptive to that. Penn makes a statement that he gives the guy a lot of respect because he believes Christ is real so much that he stayed to talk to him and to give him a Bible, to give an atheist a Bible. 
If we really believe in the power of God, why are we not sharing it with everybody? If God is so real, why are we not acting like it? At the end of the video, he states he is still an atheist, but he has more of a respect for Christianity after meeting this man. And so I just want to go real quick to Matthew chapter 10, verse 11. And I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to skip down. It says Matthew 10, verse 11. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who it is, who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go then, go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. Not like that, but you know. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come unto it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. That means don't worry about it. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Now, 15 says, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. We're going to skip on down to 19, and it says, But when they, they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be... Go back one more. Go back to 19. Thank you. John, you're doing a good job back there, buddy. For it shall be given you in that same hour which ye shall speak. For it, for it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. As we can see from that passage, not everyone is going to buy into what you're selling. Once you present the gospel and the truth, it is up to the individual to make that decision to accept him. We cannot force anyone into being saved. Someone else's salvation is not on you. Say that again. Someone else's salvation is not on you. Once you've given the word and you presented it, it is now up to that individual to take it and to receive it. The Bible says that you're then to go out and you're to have peace. Whether they receive it or not, you're still to have peace as you leave. If they don't receive it, it's going to be worse for them than Sodom and Gomorrah on Judgment Day. Ooh, that's. Lastly, I think it's important to remember that even though this didn't change Penn's view, again, he said he was still an atheist. But the Bible does say that one can plant a seed, another can water, and another can harvest. This man had no other goal than to at the very least plant the seed with this meeting. And it becomes obvious at the end that the seed had been planted. He made a whole video about it. And I was reading some of the comments, and people were being receptive to that. We can plant a seed, and people may not respond immediately to our witnessing. Who knows what will happen in someone's future because of a seed you plant, though. People that grow roses from a seed may take years to actually see a rose. There are many stages for the plant to go through, lots of pruning to take place, a lot of sweat and work to finally get that beautiful rose bush from nothing more than a seed. People aren't always going to respond immediately. They may not react as quickly as we think they should. Maybe they won't even show any interest. But that seed is still planted. It might be that we plant the seed and another may come along and help the process. It may be years. But if we never take the time to plant the seed, how are they going to grow? It's not about us. And we have to, sometimes we think it's all about us. If we don't invite somebody to church or if we invite somebody to church and they don't come, that's, that's our fault. No, keep inviting, keep inviting. I would not be here today if I was not invited to church 400 million times by my friend. For those who don't know, when I first moved here, she said, you can come to me to church, Pentecostal church. I said, go to a what? 
didn't know what a Pentecostal church was. I never heard that word. I didn't know what apostolic meant. I was Baptist. And we do things different. We did things different. It was weird. And I said, no, absolutely not. She kept on and she kept on and she kept on and she kept on. And finally, we went to the Delta Fair and I met Brother Steve. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll go to a service. <laughs> and I sat in the back and my very first service was a youth rally here. And I was like, these people are crazy. I'm never coming back. People try to hug me. <laughs> I was not a hugger. I would cut you before I hugged you. Um, and just my whole exterior was rough. You can ask Sister Shay. She'll, she'll give me an amen on that. My whole exterior was rough. I wasn't going to hug you. I wasn't going to smile at you. The world owed me everything. I was angry, and y'all are dumb. That was my whole thought process. True. I'm true. You can ask her. Am I right? You can ask Sister Laura. You can ask Sister Missy. That was my thought process, and they can amen that too. But she never gave up on me. She kept bringing me to church. She's like, get on the church van, come to church. And then finally I got a hold of something real for myself. I wasn't coming for my friend anymore. I started to walk and I started to ride a bike and I broke a heel getting here. But guess what? I got here because I knew what was here in this place. And it took my friend getting on my nerves about it until finally I got here. She planted a seed that others have watered. And I'm forever thankful for that. But where would some of us be? If somebody didn't plant a seed for us. Not all of us grew up in this thing. Some of us have literally walked off the street. What are you going to do when somebody literally walks off the street? Are you going to try and hug them through the roughness? Or are you going to kick them back out? Are you going to treat them like I was treated? And then see where they go? Or are you going to kick them out and see them in a ditch in six months? We can't do that. We have to plant a seed. And if we don't see it the way we expect it, it's not about you. It's about the Lord. Plant that seed. And then somebody else may water it. Somebody else may see the benefits. But at least they're here. At least they know the Lord. Remember that people are going to criticize Christianity and find fault with us. We're a really good punching bag. They want us to be that crazy person yelling hate and screaming at people. But it's our job to change that. It's our job to show them love, to show them peace, and to ultimately show them the truth. We've got to get them here. We have to get access to this world that no matter how bad the world gets, we do have the answer. The answer is Jesus. It's all how we present it. If you don't care to come, I'm going to tell this quick story. And then I'd like to invite you guys to stand and come to the altar. But we were at youth convention, and every year we're at youth convention. There's a little section, and I don't know if it's politically correct to call it the deaf section. I don't know what's proper. If that's not proper, get with me after service, and I'll apologize if I offend you. There's a deaf section. And in front of this deaf section is a sign person. I'm sure she has a better title than that. Honestly, I should have researched, but I don't know what it is. So every time a song started or the preaching started, somebody would stand up and they would sign. I wasn't making fun. They would sign to the deaf people and the deaf people would respond. So I sat there and I watched them for two songs because they drew my eye and they worshiped with total abandon. They were just worshiping. And a lot of people think that it's all about hype. 
If they play the right song, then we'll respond. If they play the right beat, then they'll, they'll do the, then we'll respond to that. But that's not what it's about. These, these, those that couldn't hear were looking at words. We're watching words, and they were responding to what those songs were saying. They were responding to a Jesus that hears them. They were responding to a Jesus that saves them. They were responding to a Jesus that heals them. We have to start being that sign for the world because they're not hearing the songs. They're not. They're not hearing any of that. They're seeing us. We have got to start being the Jesus that we sing about on Sundays. We have got to start being the Jesus that we sing about on Wednesday nights. We have to start responding to the words and not the music and not the hype because we are the sign for the world out there. And if the world here sees a bad sign, they will never walk in here. And I don't know about you, but I'm not I'm sick of losing to the world. I I don't like to lose. I'm very bad at it. And so instead of getting better at losing, I'm going to get better at winning people here. That's what we got to do. Pastor says all the time, get your hands in the harvest. Harvesting isn't easy. You're going to stick your hand. You're going to get a thorn every once in a while. Keep reaching. Keep getting your hand into the harvest. I invite you all to stand. I invite you all to come to the front. And I want you to examine yourselves. Are you the person that you would respond to personally? If you're not, search your soul. Talk to him. Help him. Ask him to help you to be the sign that you would want to be. Ask, the, ask him to help you be the Jesus to the world that doesn't have it.